new podcast new podcast welcome to the ball nut podcast where we talk about university basketball up here in canada my name is Deshaun stevens and i'm joined by my co-host for this podcast former brock badgers basketball commentator daniel noel daniel talk to me how you doing i'm doing good man i'm doing good U sports basketball is back it's up and running I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, all the matchups this year, excited for the podcast, big things for you sport basketball this year. All I got to say to you is welcome to the Persevere family. Good to have you on board for this season and further beyond. It's great Appreciate to have that. you. Listen, we're a bit late. The season already started, so we can get into introductions and all that stuff, but the people want to talk about the basketball itself. So we got to get straight to the products. You good for that? Yeah, let's get to it. Okay, talk to me, talk to me, listen to me. Give me three teams right now. That you're excited to see this season could be men's or women's could be men's or women's three teams i think I'm, I'm going straight to aus basketball this year this is the year that i feel like an aus team could make the use for a final on both the men's and women's side on the men's side same effects with david wenkat and those guys they're balling a little sleeper team for men's upei with elijah miller that boy could score okay so i'm really excited for upei on the women's side i got acadia they're ranked number one last week. And so far, they're 5-1 on the regular season. But I think this is a year that they can really make a name for themselves outside of the AUS and inside the U-Sport tournament. Yeah, you're big on the AUS. Okay, okay. Not a lot of people are big on the AUS. I rate <laughs> you for that. I rate you for Basketball, that. Basketball, you got to you gotta rate them. I hear you. I hear you. It's a little bit different with football now. But we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> okay. I got you with St. FX. I'm excited to see St. FX this year. David Moinkat, that brother is Showtime. I like what I see from him. Um, he played this past summer in the CBL with the Scarborough Shooting Stars alongside Jay Cole, Jalen Harris, Aaron Rooms. They got to a CBL final. They lost in the final seconds to the Hamilton Honey Badgers. But David Moinkat gave them good minutes in the second half of the season and became a CBL U Sports Player of the Year finalist. Uh, so he's coming back. He looks a lot bigger, a lot stronger faster his vertical has gone up which i thought was impossible he's a better shooter a better ball handler he's going to be a problem he's actually my pick to be the aus mvp this season i don't see anyone even being there one two with him i think it's just number one him on his own and then number two is going to be like a far distant number two by like 10 kilometers so i'm excited to see saint effects men's i think they're going to run through the aus and get i can get to like that final eight be on that u sports platform and possibly challenge for a national championship the second team I'm excited to see is UFT Women's. Wow. Yeah, UFT Women's. That's going to shock a lot of people. But listen, first off, I'm a Toronto guy, okay? So I got <laughs> to be a little biased here towards my home city, you know what I'm saying? Like, UFT doesn't want to get it done in football, so I'm hoping they can get it done in basketball, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is this team has gotten a lot better. They've, they're 2-2 two and two right now. Um, they're second in the OUA Central Division, right behind Brock. And the reality is their two wins have come against the defending national champions. They beat TMU back-to-back. Just that off the jump is, is a check mark for me, okay? But it's not just the fact that they beat TMU. It's the way that they beat TMU. They bullied them. They bullied them. They overpowered them. They outmuscled them. They won the game in the paint. They shot the ball well. They're fast. They're aggressive. They got that grit. You see what I'm saying? They yeah. got that Toronto swag. You know, I like that. I like that. So I like the style of basketball that they're playing. Their first loss came to Brock 
Brock beat the brakes off of them, 70 to 49. But their second loss came against Laurier, and that was only a three-point loss. So I'm looking at this team, and I'm saying, this season, they're going to lose games because no one's going to go undefeated. I don't think anyone's going to go undefeated this year. Not in the OUA. Not in the OUA. But the games that they lose this year are going to be close. They're going to fight hard, and I like that. So that's a team I could bet on. I'm excited to see UFT women's. Talk to me. Daniel, give me some players you're excited to see this season. Mason Boucher, Trinity Weston, okay? This is a guy that didn't make any all-Canada West teams last year, even though he broke the tri- triple-double record, okay? But you know what? Now there's no Jacqueline Gilbreath in the backcourt to him. This is his time to take over. Over the weekend, he had 15 points, 11 rebounds, and seven steals in one game. Seven steals in one game. Listen, I'm excited to see what he can do this year with this Trinity Western team out West. This is one player that I have on my radar for this season. I want to touch on Mason Boissier. He also spent the summer in the CBL with the Newfoundland Growlers, and he got a lot of minutes professionally alongside some good professionals. I'm talking like Junior Cadogan, them type of cats. He got some good minutes. So I'm not even surprised to hear that name come up because this is a brother who had that professional experience this past offseason and clearly got better, was playing alongside elite talent in the CBL, and now he's coming back with those skills and bringing them back to you sports basketball. So I'm not even surprised to hear you say that. Mason Boise, I like it. I like it. Let me get to my list real quick. I got a couple names. The first person I want to talk about is Jade Belmore, the second year forward from Regina. She's Ooh. dangerous. She's dangerous. This past weekend, she put up 28 points against Saskatchewan in a win. And then the next day, she put up a 23-point triple-double against Saskatchewan again. So she had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Hold on. So she had the triple-double right there, but then she also had five steals and two blocks. All-around player. Exactly. So I'm looking at her and I'm saying, she's nice. She's nice. And she's only in her second year for the number one ranked Regina Cougars. This is a player that could potentially win Canada West MVP right here. The best player on the nation's best team. That is the formula to winning a conference MVP and potentially a U sports MVP. So I'm looking at her and I'm saying, Hey, if this is the best player on the nation's best team at the moment in time, she's going to be a player to look out for the entire season on not only the conference stage, but the national stage as well. I got her on my list. Up next, I got Thomas Candy. We know about that guy. <laughs> we know about that guy. <laughs> That's not even a surprise. That's not even a surprise. Now, for side context, Thomas Candy is currently not playing U Sports basketball right now. He's actually representing Canada um, to qualify for the, the FIBA World Cup happening next summer. So he's representing Canada right now. And that should say how good this brother is. He's damn good. He's that damn good. (laughs) (laughs) That damn good. He's in university right now, but the national program needs him so we can qualify for a world tournament. I'm looking at the brother. He's a a double-double machine. He he shouldn't even be playing U-Sports basketball right now. This brother's ready to go pro (laughs) right now. He's a man amongst boys. I have to agree with you. Yeah, he's ready to go pro right now. This brother averaged a little under 20 points and eight rebounds this past summer in the CBL for the Vancouver Bandits. He won U Sports Player of the Year in the CBL. He was the best U Sports player in the CBL by a wide margin. But not only that, during his stint in the CBL, Canada gave him a call again and said, come play Global Jam right now. <laughs> you represent Canada for us on this next world stage. So 
clearly right now, this is a brother who is a little bit ahead of his age group right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is this, when Thomas Candy does come back, he's the easy OUA MVP. Now, if he, is he going to play a full OUA season? I don't know. I don't know how long Candy's going to need him for. That might play into who actually gets OUA MVP because they might want to give it to someone who's been around the entire season. But I think this brother is the clear consensus OUA MVP when it's all said and done, especially considering there's no more Ali So. There's no more Lloyd Pandy. There's no more Alain Louis. There's no more uh, Omar Shadu. All those guys are gone now. It's a new kind of generation, new wave coming up right now. And Thomas Candy headlines that. So I got Thomas Candy number two. And then number three, I got Sarah Gates. Oh, Sarah Gates. She yeah. had a weekend. She had a weekend. Yeah, Sarah Gates from McMaster. She's, she's the best guard in OUA women's basketball right now. Hands down. And I know right now McMaster is currently one and three. But like you said, before we went on the air, they had a pretty tough start. Pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get better. I think it's going to be behind Sarah Gates. Sarah Gates, she had a great weekend, by the way, put up 30 plus points against York and Queens. Best guard in OUA women's basketball. She's showtime to watch. I love the way that she carries the pace of the game. Amazing ball handler. She's a very good shooter. Yeah, I got Sarah Gates pegged as my third player to look out for this year that I'm excited to watch. Let's move away from players. Let's get into some hot takes. Daniel, give me some hot takes that you have for this year's U-Sports basketball season. It could be men's, it could be women's. Let me know. I got two for you. I got two hot takes, and I'm riding these hot takes to the end of the season, all right? So the first hot take, I got a UBC men's winning the Canada West. I'm convinced by this team, okay? James Wood, that point guard for UBC, he can ball, okay? I know we talked about this before, but they beat UNLV in the preseason. You don't like preseason talk, but I think this is a team that can really win the Canada West year. I feel like the Canada West this year is open for the men's. There's no clear-cut team that is head and shoulders above everyone else. And I feel like UBC with James Woods and Sukman Sandu, you know, playing second fiddle, they can definitely come out and win this Canada West championship. Be careful when you talk to me about preseason, okay? But listen, I hear you. UNLV, they did their little Canadian tour this year. And they whooped everybody, but UBC is the only team they couldn't whoop. UNLV is legit Division One program. That is a legit, mm. high-profile Division One program that's gunning for the NCAA March Madness tournament every year. So to get a win over that type of Division One program says a lot about a U Sports basketball program. So you know what? Just off that, and they're two and zero. They're ranked right now. They're looking good, and they're looking for revenge. I think they're looking for revenge after last season, right? I think, I think Victoria kind of stole yeah. the thunder, right? So Victoria did. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I like that hot take. That's a hot one. Give me a next one. All right. Listen, they were left off the top 10 this week. I was frustrated. It's the Western Women's, okay? I think they can win the OUA championship, okay? In 2020, they were OUA sem- semifinalists. 2021, OUA semifinalists again. This is 2022, my apologies. This is a year I think that they can take that next step and win championship okay they're led by a good guard ariana summer now this is a point guard who won defensive player of the year okay she's averaging two steals per game playing in the backcourt and she's also in her backcourt teammate maddie Pickton. so this is a team that i think can actually go out there and surprise a lot of teams in the oua and win the oua championship especially this is a year that there's no powerhouse in the oua on the women's side you talk about summers anytime you see a guard win defensive player of the year 
that's extremely impressive. That should tell you something. (laughs) Like extremely impressive, especially considering how like defensive player of the year is normally an award that's dominated by like the four and the five. But I hear you on that. I don't think a lot of people are looking at Western. You just said it yourself. Western's not even ranked right now. So no one's looking at them as a team to do anything this year. And they're 4-0. Exactly. They're undefeated. So that makes a lot of sense, man. I'm with you. That's a good take. That's a good take. I got one take. (laughs) This better be hard. (laughs) Here's my take. The defending national champion. TMU Bold. will finish last place in the OUA. In the OUA? In the OUA. Not even just the OUA Central, just the OUA. The OUA. (laughs) That's hot. That is hot. You weren't lying when you said that was hot. That was hot. (laughs) Because I'm thinking maybe, you know, I'll go more, maybe Laurentian finished under there, but dead last. That is hot. That is hard for sure. Just hear me out. This team has lost major pieces. Major pieces. Now, with all due respect, I think this is going to be one of the best coach teams in the OUA. 100%. I think Carly Clark is, hands down, like a top two coach in Canadian women's basketball. I think she. I think if there was a professional women's basketball league in Canada, which there should be, Mm-hmm. I think she would be a head coach in that league. In fact, you might even you might want her to run the damn thing because that's how important she is to the basketball infrastructure in this country. Coaching staff, crisp. But they have lost key pieces. And the key pieces that they've lost are essentially all the key pieces that led them to the national championship in 2021. You're not wrong. They lost a lot of pieces. That's it. That, that, that team that they had in 2021, never before and will never happen again. Like, it was a once-in-a-lifetime team. It was like these players had transferred from other places. Some yeah. sat out during COVID, and they'd all conjugated at TMU for, like, one last run together. Mm-hmm. And they ended up going undefeated and winning the national championship and being essentially the greatest team in TMU women's basketball program history. By far, by far. Uh, yeah, by far. All those pieces are gone. Listen, I've watched TMU play live. They're not a bad team. They are far removed from what they were last season. Again, I'm a Toronto guy. <laughs> I don't even feel good saying this. Like, I don't, I don't have any joy in saying this because I want all my Toronto teams to prosper. I want UFT to prosper. I want York to prosper. I want TMU to prosper. Hell, I want Humber College to prosper. I want Seneca to prosper. I want all of them to prosper. But the reality is, I got to tell it like it is. This is a team that is far removed from who they once were, and they just lost to Waterloo. (laughs) That's a hot take for sure, though. I understand what you're saying. You lose a lot of pieces from your championship team. You are bound to have, you know, a championship hangover. And I feel like this is more than a hangover. Yeah. There's going to be some growing pains for that team. But my hot take is that they will finish last in the OUA, if not just last in their division. Yeah, I could see that. Last in the OUA? Yeah, well, right now they're second last in their division. The only team behind them in their division is Lakehead. 
Mm-hmm. So right now TMU is 0-3 and Lakehead's 0-4. But in my opinion, they both have zero wins. So in my opinion right now, technically right now, TMU is tied for last in the OUA because they have zero wins. They're, they're, t- they're tied for last in the country. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because you have zero wins. I hope they can turn around. I hope that they can, you know, squeeze their way maybe into the playoffs because I think at the end of the day, no one likes seeing a defending national champion just, you know, fall to the bottom. I think the best thing you want to see is always a defending national champion that can go and defend their championship, right? Make it into the playoffs, you know, fight and, and give the next challengers for that championship a tough outing or a tough challenge. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good for TMU. So that's my hot take, brother. Got you. I actually got one more hot take, bro. One more. Yeah, I got one more. Hit me, hit me. I like the first one. This is not even going to be a hot take, but I kind of said it before. Thomas Kennedy is going to win OUA MVP. I can't disagree with that. I think there's some other players from Carlton, like Grant Shepard and Guillaume Pepper from Ottawa that could challenge it. But if Windsor can go up there and finish first in the OUA West, I think Thomas Kennedy is OUA MVP by far. Doesn't matter if Carlton goes undefeated. Doesn't matter if Ottawa goes undefeated. But if Windsor can win the OUA West, 100% Thomas Kennedy wins. You mentioned Grant Shepard. I like what I see from him this season. I think with Lloyd Pandy leaving, with Alain Louis leaving, it opens that door for Grant Shepard to step up and take that kind of like number one spot on that team, that leader spot on that team, along with Aiden Warholtz. Aiden Warholtz, there you go. So I, I like that one-two punch that they got. Grant Shepard, he's a great player. He transferred from UBC, actually, over to Carlton. And he's just continued being elite all the way through. He's one of the more elite players in Canada right now. I can't wait to see what he does at the next level. But I think he's going to be in the mix for OUA MVP, too. You talk about Guillaume Pepin. I think he's going to be nice, too. Again, two great players. I like how I like how you just mentioned Ottawa and Carlton because the next segment that we're going to want to talk about right now is the top 10. Give me your thoughts on the most recent iteration of the U Sports men's basketball top 10. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Do you have any thoughts? Talk to me. So far, Carlton and Ottawa, they're on top, and I agree with that. Carlton doesn't have a reason to be knocked off yet. They haven't lost, and same as Ottawa. You got Victoria at three. You got Brock at four, which I agree. Uh, my only cons- concern is number five, Alberta. They have two losses on the season already, and then their next four games, back-to-back against UVic, then back-to-back against UBC. And I don't see them coming out winning any of those games. So they could really be two and six come next week. When we talk again, I'm just not too convinced. I don't think a two and two team should be number five in the country. You can make the argument that it could be ranked, but I don't think they should be number five. Number nine, you also have Lakehead. It's a team that beat number three, Brock. And he beat them pretty convincingly. It, was, it did go to OT, but they played well. And I think this is a team that could give a lot of teams in the OUA trouble this year. So that's my top 10 for men's. So I agree with you with Alberta. I'm looking at all the teams right now. You got you got Carlton four and no, you got Ottawa four and no, you got Vic three and one, you got Brock three and one, and then Alberta just stands out there at two and two, sitting at number over five. Queens. Over Queens, who's four and no, over St. FX, who's five and one, over UBC, who's who's one and one. So this season kind of just they started. had a late start to the season. Yeah, a late start to the season. And then over Lakehead, who's three and one with some legit top ten wins, and then over Dalhousie, who's four and one. It kind of it doesn't make sense to me to have Alberta sitting there at number five. 
it looks okay. It looks okay so far. Yeah, it's just it's just number five. That's the only thing that I'm just like mm, yeah. confusing to have a two and two team in the middle over Queens and Saint Effects. Yeah, but I love that the two teams who are arguably the most bitter rivals in Canada are in the top two spots. Let's move over to women's. Daniel, talk to me. Do you have any opening thoughts on the most recent iteration of the U Sports Women's Basketball Top Ten? I think one and two are exactly where they need to be. You know, Regina, like you said, you're heavy on Regina. I'm actually heavy on Fraser Valley. Deanna Tercer, she's a baller. And I think this team, that's my team to win, Canada West. But those top two teams are good. Bishops, you got to keep them there because Siciliano, you have Acadia. But where I get confused is now I see Saskatchewan at number 10 with two and two while Western is four and oh, like I mentioned before. And I feel like Western has a legit case to be put over Saskatchewan. Now I get it. Canada West women's basketball is typically more competitive. And I guess that's why you'd want to have Saskatchewan in a number 10 at, at number 10. But I think right now you can't have a two and two team over a four and O team. You know what? The only reason why I think Saskatchewan is still in the top 10 right now is because their two losses came against the number one team in the country. That's the only reason. I think if those two losses had come had come against, you know, Trinity Western. <laughs> I, I was going to say them, but I didn't want to say them. I yeah. love Trinity Western. They got the best social media team for women's yeah. basketball. But <laughs> Shouts to Cheryl Jean-Paul, the head coach of Trinity Western. She just recorded her 100th career win, so shouts to her. But if those wins came against, like, Trinity Western or Thompson Rivers, I don't see... Saskatchewan being in the top 10, but because it came against the number one team in the nation, it's listen, it's tough to have back-to-backs against the number one team in the nation. You know, I think about, and I hate to make a football reference, but I think, oh my gosh, like how sucky would it be if you had to face Western, you know, (laughs) back-to-back weeks, it would suck. (laughs) It would suck, bro. Like for real, like you have players, you have players quit. Players would legitimately quit if they had to face Western back-to-back weeks. For real, like that team would fold, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think Saskatchewan's still on just because just because of that. But aside from that, I do think if you want to have a number 11, you'd have Western, like Western women's basketball. I think if you want to have a number 11, you'd have Western sitting at 4-0. I agree with you. I think they do deserve to be on the list. And I think with Saskatchewan on the edge at 2-2, two and two, if they come into next week, below 500 i think they're off and you put western on so i totally agree with you there sure for sure other than that it looks like a perfect list on the women's side no real arguments there so daniel talk to me is there anything that you're looking forward to this upcoming week and weekend before we close i think that qw rivalry between brock and mcmaster doesn't matter what the records are teams are 40 minutes away from each other it's always going to be a good game a lot of trash talking and that's one game i'm excited for especially me being a Brock student as well, too. But that's a game I'm looking forward to. You know what I'm looking forward to? Tell me what you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to TMU versus McMaster. That's going to be a good game. Sergey's going to do some damage. I'm looking forward to seeing how TMU can react to an 0-3 start. Are they going to let Sergey's run wild and drop 35-plus on them? Or are they going to fight back and try to lock up their first win of the season? Are they going to move to 0-4 and, 
or are they going to move to one and three? I think, I'm looking at, I think I'm looking at that game. And even, even McMaster, they're sitting at one and three right now. They can't lose that game. Neither of these teams can lose that game. That's an important game for both of these teams if they aspire to make the playoffs this season. I'm looking at that game. I think it's a huge game for both of these teams because they might be a little bit desperate in this beginning half of the season to get that first or second win. So I'm looking at that as a key matchup for this upcoming weekend. And I, I agree with you. I, it's a big momentum shift, you know, whether you win these games against, for TMU, whether you win these games against McMaster or not, because it's really going to change the outlook of the whole season and especially the standings of the OUA Central. But listen, that's a wrap. If you made it this far, I got to say big ups to you. For all things U Sports related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore, on Twitter at Persevere underscore, and on TikTok at Persevere. This is Deshaun Stevens and Daniel Noel signing off from the first ever episode of the Ball Nut Podcast. Peace and blessings always.